0: From API, this is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day.
1: Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan. Did you know that our neighbor to the north, Canada, sends the United States more crude oil than any other country? It's true. About two million barrels of oil a day comes to the United States from Canada, and about half of it comes from Canada's abundant deposits of oil sands. To talk about the importance of Canada's oil sands to the United States, we have David Collier, President of the Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers, on the telephone with us today. Welcome, Dave.
0: Thanks very much, Jane. We're so
1: glad you could join us. Let's start at the beginning, Dave. To acquaint our listeners with oil sands, can you describe what they are and where they can be found?
0: Yeah, I'm happy to do that, Jane. Uh, I think it, the, it's often not uh, well understood the the magnitude of the contribution from Canada that uh, we provide in terms of crude oil supply and specifically from oil sands. Uh, Canada has the second largest reserves of crude oil in the world at about 179 uh, billion barrels. The vast majority of that is in oil sands, about 173 billion barrels. And the oil sands are found in deposits primarily in Alberta. They're in western Canada, primarily in Alberta, some in Saskatchewan. And they're at uh, varying depths, some, some of which can be mined uh, through surface mining techniques, and some of which has to be produced using... Uh, uh, what we call in-situ uh, techniques, which is much more like conventional oil production.
1: When you say in-situ, what we're talking about there, I guess, is that you're you're leaving the oil sands in place and drawing the oil from them?
0: Yeah, let me just expand a little bit on uh, the two types of production we have from oil sands. Uh, about 80% of the resource is amenable to in-situ recovery techniques. And that's for oil sands that are typically buried uh, at depths of more than, say, 200 feet. And what happens in recovery through in-situ techniques is some sort of heat source, which is typically steam, is injected into the ground and is used to heat up and mobilize the, uh, the oil or the bitumen. And it flows then to producing wells, which look much like a, a conventional uh, oil or natural gas well. Um, so a, a heat source, as I say, typically steam is used to mobilize the oil. And that's used for uh, for oil sands deposits at greater depths. If the deposit is at a shallower depth, uh, and typically we say 200 feet depth or less, then it can be recovered through surface mining techniques. And in that case, uh, much like uh, surface coal mining or other uh, mining that uh, that we are familiar with, the oil sands is uh, is picked up through a shovel, goes into a, into a truck, in large trucks, and is taken from there to a processing facility where the sand and the bitumen are separated from one another.
1: How large is the area where the oil sands exist, and how much of the surface could be affected by mining operations?
0: The total area of the province of Alberta that's underlain by oil sands is about 54,000 square miles which is an area about the size of Florida and you often hear reference to the fact that uh, surface mining will be impacting an area the size of Florida. Uh, That's uh, nowhere near the case. Uh, About 98% of the total area is in fact not amenable to mining activity. It's amenable to in situ, which is an underground recovery of, of the bitumen. So only about 2% of that total area of 54,000 square miles is actually even amenable to mining, and not all of that will be mined. It's important to point out that by regulation, we're required to reclaim all of that land over time. So will it, it will in fact be returned to a natural state following the mining process.
1: Well, how does the oil that's derived from oil sands vary uh, from the kind of oil that uh, most people are more familiar with that's produced from underground wells?
0: Well, it's a heavier oil. It's not uh, dissimilar to uh, heavy oil that's produced uh, in Venezuela or Mexico and and even some thermal oil from California, but it it is a heavier oil that... uh, Needs to, be, uh, needs to be heated up to flow to the, the producing well, and then it has to be refined or upgraded before it is refined. So it's a bit different uh, processing technique than would be used for conventional oil, uh, and fundamentally the difference is that it is a much heavier oil that uh, does not flow to the producing well the same way a conventional oil well would.
1: Well, based on the fact that the U.S. economy uses about 19 million barrels of oil every day, how important is this oil sands oil to the United States?
0: Well, I think it's very important. It's, uh, it's a resource that's uh, very large, uh, has, certainly has the potential to grow and be uh, a more important, uh, I think it's a very important supply source today, but it has the, important, uh, the uh, potential to become a more significant uh, supply source. It's from a, uh, a very secure and reliable supplier, a good friend to the north, and i I think that it's being developed in a very responsible way uh certainly we would agree that there is room to improve uh, environmental performance from oil sands but uh it it uh I I believe is being developed responsibly and it has the potential to be a very important part of the the crude supply to the United States for the very long term.
1: Dave, let's talk about some of the concerns that have been raised about oil sands productions. Uh, In fact, some environmentalists have claimed that oil sands contribute more to greenhouse gas emissions. Um, How do you respond to that claim?
0: Well, let me just talk a little bit about environmental performance because I I think it's important to put it in context Uh, First, in in the context of the important role that it plays, that oil sand supply plays in energy security and overall economic performance in North America, and it is a very important part of our economy in Canada. uh, Many of the benefits flow, uh, in terms of economic impact, flow through to the United States. I think in the world we live in, a secure energy supply is a very important consideration. Uh, both for Canada and for the United States. And in terms of environmental performance, I I think it's fair to say that the environmental impact, while there clearly, as I said, is room for improvement in performance, is often misrepresented or overstated. If if we just look at a couple of key indicators uh, on greenhouse gas emissions, the production from oil sands is somewhere in the range of 15% more greenhouse gas intensive than uh, the average imported barrel to the United States. And what I mean by intensity is that the amount of greenhouse gas produced per barrel of oil produced is about 15% higher on a full life cycle basis than, uh, than imported oil. It's also, I think office is often overlooked, it's in fact comparable in terms of greenhouse gas intensity to uh, production from Venezuela, from Mexico, and some domestic crude production in the United States and California in particular. And again, putting it in context, uh, we've reduced greenhouse gas emissions intensity in the oil sands by about 38% since 1990. Uh, greenhouse gas emissions from oil sands, well, again, uh, there is room for improvement, we certainly acknowledge that, uh, are about 0.1% of global greenhouse gas emissions. And I think a, a statistic that's often overlooked, they're about 0.5% of the total greenhouse gas emissions in the United States. So on a, on a comparative basis, uh, a relatively small contributor to the overall greenhouse gas uh, issue. On water production, uh, we're making very significant strides in terms of using uh, recycled water rather than fresh water for oil sands, both mining and in situ. And the uh, I think, again, uh, the surface disturbance from oil sands is often uh, overstated or misrepresented. I talked earlier about 80% of the total oil sands resource being in situ and 20% in mining. In fact, if you look at the aerial distribution of that resource, something in the order of 98% of it is actually amenable to in situ and about 2% or 2.5% amenable to mining. So the surface footprint from from oil sands mining is significant. It It is an open pit mine. Uh, those lands will be reclaimed over time and I think that's something that's often overlooked but the vast majority of the resource will be produced through in situ techniques that uh, are much more like conventional oil and gas operations than they are a mining operation.
1: There's another issue that has come up as well and that's the creation of tailing ponds in the mining and oil extraction process and that's been heavily criticized. Can you explain what Oil sands tailings ponds are, and what are the inherent challenges and issues associated with them, and how is your industry addressing the public concerns about these ponds?
0: Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Um, tailings ponds are specifically associated with mining operations. They do not uh, they do not apply to in situ operations. Uh, the reason tailings ponds exist is that. In the separation process or the processing of uh, of bitumen from mining uh, operations, uh, water is added to the bitumen uh, along with heat to separate the bitumen from the sand. And then the the tailings ponds are used to allow the water and the fine sands to settle out over a period of time. The uh, sand settles and the, the water is recovered from the tailings ponds. Because of the very fine nature of the sand, that process takes a long period of time and the tailings ponds have therefore been created to allow that settling process to occur. Uh, they are a, a challenge, and uh, the industry has recognized there's a tremendous amount of technology focus being put on improving, uh, the, improving the operation of tailings ponds, and specifically to use less water in the process and to therefore have a drier tailings product that uh, will occupy less surface area and obviously uh, reduce the total amount of water use. The Alberta government, uh, as you may have heard, just recently introduced new tailings regulations, and they will, I think, provide some further impetus over and above what the industry is already doing to uh, try and uh, reduce the overall impact of tailings ponds, both surface footprint and water use.
1: Well, you have said that you think that there's probably some room for improvement when it comes to the environmental measures being used by companies uh, in Alberta uh, that are producing Canada's oil sands, but overall, what do you think about the industry's environmental performance there?
0: Well, I think the industry's got a lot to be proud of. I think there's been uh, some very significant strides made in improving environmental performance, and we're not... uh, in any way resting in our laurels There's a continuous uh, or continuous uh, focus on, on improvements in environmental performance. But I mentioned earlier that uh, greenhouse gas emissions intensity had reduced by about 38% since uh, 1990 in the oil sands industry. We've uh, made some significant strides in, in reclamation. The first tailings pond is actually going to be reclaimed by uh, Suncor, one of the operators in the oil sands, in 2010. Uh, very significant improvements in the amount of water use uh, per barrel of oil produced. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're recycling 80 to 90 percent of the total amount of water that uh, that uh, is used in the process. And uh, on the energy efficiency side. There's been an awful lot of focus over the years in terms of reducing the amount of energy that goes into oil sands production. So uh, certainly room for improvement. We'd be the very first to acknowledge that. But uh, at the same time, I think the industry uh, has made significant strides, and uh, a lot of that's been through the application of technology.
1: I know that oil sands cost more to produce than conventional oil, Dave, and with oil prices in the $50 a barrel range right now, can companies up there continue to produce the oil sands derived oil successfully and efficiently?
0: A uh, full cycle cost of developing an oil sands project is certainly above for uh, the vast majority of projects, the current price levels, but I, I would say that the fundamentals from our view, have not changed. That The industry uh, will continue to need to develop uh, hydrocarbons to meet the uh, North American and global energy demand. Unconventionals are going to play uh, we believe a, a continuing important role in that process. And to the extent that the fundamentals have not changed and energy supply demand uh, will require that, uh, in order to keep it in balance, will require that we continue to develop the oil sands. Uh, we believe that price levels over the longer term are going to be such that they will justify oil sands development and these are These are long term projects with long lives, and the investment decisions that are being made around oil sands are not being made based on today 's price they're being made on a on the basis of a longer term view of supply of the supply demand fundamentals and the price that follows from that so I, our, our view is very much that uh, oil sands projects over the longer term will continue to be viable and that we will see investments. We've seen a number of deferrals of of project investments, but we'll see these projects back on the table. And certainly uh, current oil prices are sufficient to justify the continued operation of existing projects, so we don't anticipate any significant impact there.
1: Now, I know that oil sands cost more to produce than conventional oil. With oil prices in about the $50 a barrel range, can companies continue to produce oil sands-derived oil today?
0: Well, one of the things I've learned over the years, Jane, is uh, trying to predict oil prices uh, is difficult at best. I'm not going to try and do that. But what I would say is that our strong belief is that the fundamentals of energy supply demand remain sound and that there will be an important role for hydrocarbons to play in the energy supply mix both globally and in North America for some uh, considerable period of time to come and that uh, as conventional crude oil declines and we see the, the uh, conventional basins uh, reaching uh, maturity, that unconventional oil, such as oil sands, is going to play an increasingly important part of the supply mix. So we're very much of the view that while we've seen some uh, deferrals of projects in the near term, as a, largely as a result of the uh, current uh, financial market and economic challenges, that we're very much of the view that uh, these projects will come back on the table and that they will be a key part of uh, supplying uh, crude oil both uh, to Canada and the United States uh, for some uh, some long period of time going forward and that we're going to see continued growth in oil sands production over the next several years and uh, we certainly have not reached the, uh, the peak of oil sands production or or anywhere near a mature state in that industry so we believe that uh, with continued application of technology and with the broader uh, supply-demand picture being what it is, that oil sands will play an important role in energy supply in North America for some long time to come.
1: That'll have to be the last word today. David Collier, thank you so much for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio.
0: Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's
1: energytomorrow.org.